Hey, and welcome to the This Week in Games, a podcast series from the fine people of Deconstructor of Fun. The concept of this podcast is simple. Your hosts are Joseph Kim and myself, Mishka Katkov. The goal of this podcast is to highlight and deconstruct a few of the most relevant news in games. Most importantly, we promise to aim to keep these podcast series episodes short. So hit us up on Twitter to let us know which news topics you want us to talk about and hit the subscribe button to hear us deconstructing the latest news. Enjoy. All right, and we're live. All right, everyone, welcome to Twig 6. And today we're going to talk about three articles. The first has to do with the relationship between Tencent and Riot. Apparently, it's been pretty strained, so we'll go into that a little bit. The second article has to do with Clash Royale's new Pro League, and we'll discuss a little bit about just exactly how big that could potentially get on mobile. And then third has to do with the amount of revenue that Battle Royale modes and this form of gameplay is generating in, in, in mobile for 2018 and potentially e even more in the future. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so yeah, maybe, uh, Mishka, we could just jump right in. And yeah, first... you need to kick it off because I'm feeling like a super chatty cat today. I don't know why, but I feel like I have a lot to say. So, so just talk as much as possible because I'm going to go on a rant. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. So the first one is um, basically uh, from Gamatsutra, Riot's relationship with Tencent has reportedly been strained over declining profits and mobile games. And basically, in, in terms of, of, of the content of this article, there was a report published by uh, a news platform called The Information. And they actually conducted interviews with more than 40 people close to Riot and Tencent including current and former employees. And according to the report, you know, Tencent had first approached Riot about turning League of Legends into a mobile title, but Riot refused. So Tencent did what Tencent does. They just do what they want. And they created the game without the League of Legends brand. And you know, last week, we, we, all, we actually did kind of theorize why they didn't actually do League of Legends, and, and yeah. apparently they, they actually wanted to. Uh, so when Riot found out, they went crazy. They got super upset. And so now uh, apparently Tencent, given Fortnite, given Battle Royale, is now more focused on Fortnite, Epic, and Battle Royale. But in the meantime, uh, League of Legends continues a pretty rapid decline in player base. They had significant layoffs. And according to the information, they actually even had a company-wide meeting in March to inform workers they would reach a deficit if they continued down the current path. And so, yeah. So that's a grim meeting. That's a very <laughs> grim meeting. Like I thought I was reading grim news about Riot and th these type of meetings are like, it wasn't their COO who's like, listen, guys, time to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a couple of initial thoughts for me is one, um, you know, it, we, we did kind of wonder what was actually going on here. And so it's pretty interesting in terms of, um, you know, uh, the, the information that has, that has come out and, uh, you know, sort of the word on the street is that Tencent and Riot have patched things up uh, basically by having Tencent pay a, a licensing fee to Riot. Um, but yeah, just in, in general, it, it, you know, you kind of wonder what's, what's kind of going on at, at Riot right now. Uh, and, um, you know, just just how, how much we should be concerned about the company. Mishka, 
you know, um, I, I remember you you had some materials before about how Fortnite was impacting League of Legends and um, contributing to a decline there. Yes. So, so yeah, what, what do you think? Uh, do, do you have any views in, in terms of, um, you know, current League of Legends and, and uh, how the company does in the future? Yeah, this is this is a very interesting topic, and um, and and just briefly, briefly, you know, talking about this this whole situation, it's it's you know, Tencent approaches Riot with with this game, and and they refuse, and in the end, this game is making probably as much or a little bit less than than League of Legends at the moment on mobile, and by this game, I mean Honor of Kings or Reno Valor, as it's known in 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 the West, and what we know about MOBAs, it is a super low average revenue per paying user type of game so it's a game that is very difficult to, to get in but once you do get in the retention tends to be amazing it's also a, a game type that is massive in asia china in in, in uh, uh southwest asia southwest asia yeah with indonesia and, and and singapore and all those kind of countries and it used to be Pretty much, uh, oh, it's a, a League of Poly pretty much before before the mobile. So it was Dota and L and League of Legends. And it used to be PC only, but now it's on mobile. So when we look at this, and I kind of want to ask you that, is like, is this strategically a smart move for, for Riot to overlook mobile? And I'm just going to give you, JK, a couple of numbers because I was, I was looking at the news report. And last year, overall global games revenue was growing by 50% a year. Uh, it's, it was, um, it, it's, it's, as yeah, it, I'm trying to look at the number, what, what I had, what it was worth, but it, I think it was like 70 something billion dollars a year. And it's estimated to be hundred billion dollars a year industry in 2021. Now in contrast, now in contrast, we have a $17 billion industry, which is the PC market industry, especially those, those, um, those downloadable games. And, and, and with that growing at about 1.6% rate, it doesn't look that great. It looks like, like mobile, it's, it's not, mobile has already overtaken PC, but it's also growing at an incredibly rapid speed while PC is declining. So, so I'm kind of like asking you, like, what is, what is behind this, this type of strategy where you don't want to be on a new platform or not a new platform, it's super established already, but you don't want to expand to a different platform, even when somebody is giving you a bone, like Tencent here. And you're kind of saying like, no, we're, we're, we're going to do what we do best. So Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it, it's, it kind of speaks to what we've uh, talked about in previous weeks in terms of does Riot want to be Riot game versus Riot games? I mean, I, I think they're even having challenges just even coming up with another PC game. So mm-hmm. to some extent, if they're just going to you know focus on their single product and, and just grow that, I, I think they're going to be pretty limited. Um, it feels like you know if if they want to continue to be a significant player as as more of a you know games company, they're going to have to go to where the players are, which includes mobile. As as, as you pointed out, that's a much much faster growing market than than the PC market. Yeah, and and I, I mean I agree with you, but then I have to think about on the other side. So what if? What if, I mean, we, me particularly, I've been wrong so many times. What if I'm wrong, especially? So, and, and, and Riot is actually really smart in the sense that they're investing into their core competences. They're doing what they're doing. They're PC focused. They hire only the gamers. They hire only gamer dudes. And, um, and they're making these games. They have made some acquisitions like Radiant Entertainment, which made the fighting game that I don't know if it was ever finalized. It looked really beautiful. Uh, they they bought that company. It was it's in in South Bay, um, in Silicon Valley, if you will. 
Um, and and that maybe they're making the right call because maybe they're investing into into what they're doing the best, and maybe they're working on some cross-platform titles just like Epic's, um, you know, Fortnite. That, that could be massive hits, not only on mobile, but also on, on PC and console maybe at the same time. So, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting train of thought maybe. But at the same time, if you look at the other side of it, it feels like Riot is kind of entrenched in, in this sort of a declining market. And right. it owns this huge, 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 huge declining market uh, with its unrivaled content, its super low pricing and, and very strong esports present. But still, when you, even when you own a category, you, you don't get any cover from new genre-defining hits. And that's what we've kind of seen happening with, with Fortnite and PUBG. They came in and, and they have truly beaten Riot's League of Legends in Twitch streams, for example. So we're already seeing the switch with, uh, with, with players moving to, to playing and, and streaming and, 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 you know, and watching uh, Fortnite and PUBG rather than League of Legends. Yeah, I, I think the thing that strikes me is that you know you you um, you hear a lot about companies that are a specific way, right? Like you're good at at innovation and creating new types of products, or you're good at just kind of farming and, and, and more the you know um, optimizing games. And it seems like at least so far, I, I I think Riot needs to kind of figure out what they're what they have culturally and what they have from like an infrastructure perspective that's not allowing them to work, to have successful new games, because clearly, you know, just from all the rumors, they've taken a lot of shots on goal, but nothing's, nothing's really panned out for them. Yeah. And, yeah. And if and you look if at, talk, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. If, if you think about League of Legends, I think the other thing that they're going to have to consider is that, you know, that game is getting pretty old. And I think what, what's kind of happening in that game, and you know, I, I, League of Legends is one of my favorite games of all time. I, I think it's one of the potentially one of the best designed games ever but really? you know, in my in my opinion but when you when you go into the game now like I, I i tried jumping into the game a few months ago there's like so many champions and to be good you have to like be aware of like you know the attack range and all the attacks of all the different champions but when when you've got like a billion champions now it's just like the bar is too high and so you know, I, I think the barrier to get new players in is going to continue to grow and and because of the age of that game and because that game is is going to be hard to scale given they just have to keep pumping out new champions and, and working on that monetization model. I do think that unless they come up with a new game pretty soon, they, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, it's, it's not like they're going to go out of business, but they're probably going to have to continue to, you know, uh, lay off more staff, reduce the size and scope of the game, and that game will probably continue to to reduce over time. In, in my opinion, yeah, I, I I do agree, but then at the same time, uh, yeah, but well, you're you're absolutely right because if the CEO is saying that they're going to go on deficit, but I mean, like, how can you go on deficit? You're making two billion dollars a year. Like, what 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 the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like you're employing like. 3,000 people, you don't even have factories. It's not like you have right, very right. big, like fixed costs anyways. Uh, but, but in the end, like at some point, Riot, I mean, Riot, uh, at some point, League of Legends, see, I think well, League of Legends is Riot, but, but at some point, League of Legends will start declining, just like all of the games. They grow and then they start declining. But I think with League of Legends, because of the retention, because it's one of the best games ever made, the decline is going to be very slow. Uh, it's, it, hopefully, it's going to be very slow. So it's going to just decline for the next 10 years. 
and then still be a massive game throughout those years. So, so um, I, I, I kind of agree, but I would just say that the timeline is a bit longer for, for yeah, the Yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. I, that's the, the trend and, and uh, hopefully, you know, they can kind of get it figured out. Uh, but yeah, at least currently, it seems like they do need to make some changes internally to kind of get that next piece and, and to be able to, you know, get some new games out there that are su- successful, whether it's on PC or mobile. Yeah, because if you're not growing, you're declining, right? That's yep. the rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So do we want to move on to the next or you want to continue with, with, with the riot? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let, let's do it. You want to you wanna, um, introduce the next article? Yes. So the next articles, we're actually looking at two different articles um, about Clash Royale's eSports Pro League. There was a, a Verge article on The Verge calling Clash Royale's new Pro League could be the first big mobile eSports. And, and then there was an article on Variety which said the Supercell pushes into Pro pro eSports with Clash Royale and 25 million fans. So I love talking about this because Clash Royale is by far... Uh, my favorite game ever uh as and as i've said multiple times it's a game that i don't play but i love and hate at the same time i can't play it because i have an addiction uninstalled once in a while and by the way league of legends that game i truly can't play last time i played it i literally walked out in the middle of the game just walked my dock i left the computer open and and like i don't know i don't care any of this so so anyway jumping back to to this clash royale article this is very interesting because underlying like if you look behind the titles you have really one question and that is why and where is the money? That's actually two questions. But but you know why is Supercell doing this? Why are they doing this esports? Why are they doing such a such a big push into esports? And the reason is pretty simple. They're trying to grow the game, and they're trying to grow the game fast because Clash Royale has been declining for a good while. The features that have been added, though really great, haven't been able to stop the decline, and especially with Fortnite, with PUBG, just stealing their players both the players uh, when they're playing and players when they're watching streams because influencers have gone to now, you know, and uh, basically show Fortnite and then PUBG instead of Clash Royale. Anyway, so I'm going to go through a couple of article pieces and kind of talk about the pros and cons, what, what Supercell here is doing. So the first one, and these are direct quotes, is the competition, uh, talking about the league, consists of five leagues that span North America, Europe, mainland China, Latin America, and Asia. At the end of the season, the best teams from each will compete in a world championship. Supercell partnered with 44 different esports organizations to represent players, and that includes some big names that will be familiar to competitive gaming fans such as Team Liquid, Cloud9, 100 Thieves, and Team Solo Mid. So, uh, kind of summarize this, this is a very classical esports model. This is the quintessential basics of an esports model. So in that sense, Supercell is not innovating in any way on, on, on the, the way this esports has been set up. Of course, the mobile esports, but the setup is the same. Now, the pros here are clear. So it is a server against each other. So the players who are playing in, in mainland China are playing against each other. The Europeans are playing against each other. The Latin Americans are playing, the Asians, and so forth. There is a regional buy-in that, that happens through this. So, you know, I'm here in Europe, you know, Finland doesn't win anything, or we actually might do win in this because the game is made here. So maybe this is the one competition where we goddamn win something and and we will get some buy-in from our neighbors. Maybe the Swedes will be like, you know what, we didn't win this time along, but I'm interested in following how the Finns will do in the uh, 
in, in on the higher level because because I have that regional buy-in. Right. It's also the easiest way to roll out because you're rolling it out across the regions and kind of breaking down. And that plays along with the time difference element. So when, you know, you're having the competition at in the, on the regional level instead of the worldwide level. So it's easier to get in because everybody in Europe is playing, according, you know, same time in North America and so forth. So the time difference is, is very important element as well as the localization and culturalization. So you'll have the events that will probably be very, very same. But if we're talking about shoutcasters, we're talking about the commentators and so forth, uh, it kind of makes sense to have your Chinese shoutcasters and, and commentators when you're streaming an event in China for Chinese audience. So, so you know, that, that, is a, that is a very strong element here. And it's good that they're starting worldwide right away because there won't be this sort of a difference where you kick off the game in North America only. And now the players in North America are getting advantage. They're becoming better and better. And then you kind of roll out this plan in other countries. And it's kind of like hard to catch up because these guys have been playing competitively already for, let's say, a year or even a few months. And you're only now getting it in. And finally, 44 teams is goddamn amazing. That's, that's a lot of teams. Now let's talk about the cons. So there's going to be a quality difference that always happens in these type of setups. And I don't mean to be racist in any way, but Asian players just are better almost always. And this is what happens is that they start to dominate and it's really hard to get in. The players from Korea or whatever country really picks it up, they will be really, really good. And what will happen is like, you know, the best teams in Europe can't do anything because it's always the North American teams and always the Asian teams. Same happens to the teams from Latin America. They just can't compete for some reason. These guys are always better. Uh, secondly, it, it really sounds like a, like a sort of a production nightmare like it is for the esports because you, you have to have several studios or one traveling studio, both of which is really hard because if you have one one traveling, I mean, one traveling studio is really hard because those esports professionals will be traveling everywhere, setting up the production. Or you have the several studios that you manage, and they kind of set up the the local studios, and then you have to um, quality assure, of course, the, the heads of the of the esports organization. In this case, Tim Ebner, who heads the uh, the esports at Supercell, will, will be there with his team, making sure that the quality is on par. But but that's running events across the world, and that's that's fucking hard. Um. And finally, 44 teams, I said it's great, but it can be also too much. It, de- it depends on what the regional breakdown is. Because if there's a lot of regional teams, it's kind of easier to follow. But if it's only 44, like 44 teams, it's just a lot of content. It's like, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to kind of, yeah, it could be hard. I could be wrong, but it seems like a hard, hard thing to follow with so many teams. So, um, JK, do you got anything to add for this? Because I'm... Uh, I- for me, I'm I'm wondering. So when when they say they're regional teams, I'm wondering if if uh, if it means that the teams are city based because mm-hmm. for, me, for me personally, I, I I do find it hard to like um, associate myself with a team like you know in, in League of Legends there might be Team Samsung or Team Hyundai or mm-hmm. something like that. But it's like you know it, it's easier if there's like a Los Angeles something or a Philadelphia yeah. something. Right. So, so then it's like, oh, that I know who I'm rooting for. I, you know, because there's like that tribal, innate human tribal thing where you want to associate yourself with your region. So um, you're absolutely right. And and I don't know all the teams. I, I haven't looked at the roster. I should have probably looked at. I looked only at the uh, at the news, and they were kind of you know pinpointing the biggest one. The problem with those regional teams is that they tend to they they their potential to having a bigger 
audience is smaller. I mean, unless you come from like Los Angeles or Tokyo or whatever, where there's just a ton of players or a ton of people living, it's it's kind of hard to to uh, to get more people in. So a lot of these teams are the the the, the professional franchises like the Cloud Nines and the and the uh, Team Solo Mids and so forth. So. Uh, they they tend to have a more global presence, and what what also is good about these professional teams is that they already have their audience. So you might be following you know solo mid and League of Legends, and then you're like, you know what, they're playing also uh, Clash Royale League. Do you want to watch that? And most likely, if you're a gamer of any sort, you're most likely playing Clash Royale as well to some extent, because it doesn't matter whether you're a console gamer or a PC gamer, you still have a phone, and and when you have a phone, you're probably playing Clash Royale like. Don't even don't don't say you're not. Uh, but but wanted to go back to this team thing, and what's interesting about it is the way these teams have been made. So the league kicked off earlier. So I'm just quoting it. The kick kicked off earlier this year by essentially opening up a draft of 25 million players who competed to qualify for the 2018 season. Those who made it through the qualifier found themselves on pro teams with names like you know Cloud9. Immortals and Plexity. So what this means is, is that instead of uh, the typical route where the teams spend money to recruit the best players, Supercell actually offered the best players. So they, they arranged this draft where you have to win, I think it was like 20 games or so. And then you had the opportunity of being drafted to one of these pro teams. And this is very unusual. I don't know if this has been ever done before. Very unique approach. And it's super interesting, interesting to thrust a player from you know from a couch basically and kind of tell a story through that and what we can see is in the launch trailer of the super uh super super clash royale <laughs> super super clash royale whatever league it is uh, in the trailer you kind of see this whole like timeline of that player winning this huge tournament and it goes back when he's playing or yeah he it looks like a man's head he's playing these games you know in in various situations across his life and getting the wins and getting the losses and kind of progressing through the ranks, getting the wins, and then joining a pro team. So that's that's actually the story that they're telling, and this is very, very unique. So any, any on that? I, I told you I'm on a, I'm a chatty cat today. So <laughs> Yeah, that all sounds good. I, I think for me, like, the the bigger question that, that's kind of running through my mind as we're talking about this is, like, one, just – just how big do we think, like, as an esport? And clearly, like, esports has been getting big on the PC and console side, um, you know, whether it's with League of Legends or Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, but how big do we think it can get on mobile? And, and a couple of things that I think about in, in terms of, like, trying to think this question through in, in my mind is, one, there's inherently a skill cap on mobile, right? Like, yes. because yes. of the, uh, the input controls and, and, and things like that. Um, so given that, uh, a lot of mobile games and Clash Royale is, is more of, you know, there, there's a weighting towards more of the strategy versus skill. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I think about an analogy to physical sports, I, I kind of feel like mobile sports will have a market, but I don't think it's going to get to the level of like PC console esports. And so for me, it's like, you know, um, it's like the audience for the NFL or NBA versus something more that's more action oriented versus something that's more strategic, like maybe not as bad as chess, but like, you know, what's the esports falling for poker? So poker is there. There's, you know, World Series of Poker and people watch that, but it's slower. It's more strategic. And so with mobile, because of the skill cap, because of the input mechanics, 
that will be slower. And because of the strategy, I think, you know, in general, people are just wowed by extreme skill and Twitch ability, right? Yeah. And so when you watch Faker on League of Legends do something amazing, you know, um, and get the pentakill or whatever, you can't do that in Clash Royale where it's just like, whoa, you know, so, so like, I, I kind of feel like because of that, you know, where, where I'm kind of winding up on this, just kind of talking this through with you is that I feel like mobile esports will be there with an audience, but it's probably not ever going to get as big as the the viewership and and what's put, what's potential for like a like a Fortnite or, or Overwatch or League of Legends. I, I, I don't know. What do you? I think I think you're touching an excellent point here, and I won't do any predictions on on whether and how big the esports can grow in terms of uh, you know for a mobile game. I I kind of think that it could be as big just just you know having seen how vainglory uh were on on tv with their korean events and 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 other and you know arena valors esports so, so there are those twitchy gameplay tw- twitch style gameplays and i watched yeah. quite a lot of different esports as well uh trying to kind of find what interests me and when i watched the clash royale tournaments i was actually uh very entertained uh <laughs> because because it was a game that that you know i knew how to play and it wasn't too difficult to follow it wasn't impossible to get in and i was kind of getting out of it something out of it but i think what what is an interesting point is is that who is this for because this sort of a esports setup is excellent for the top players and the pros but does it alienate the community because we're talking about a super accessible game in clash royale a phenomena that, that that came in a strategy game that anybody can play. So, what will happen to the community tournaments, uh, which were at the heart of of this game's growth? It was it was you know the streamers and everything. So, will they be relegated as something you do during off seasons? And on the flip side, then again, with these esports teams, with this with these you know team solo mids, and and I love saying team solo mid. That is such a nerdy name. Uh, yeah, that's a good solo mid god damn it uh creates a brand prestige through 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 these these powerful franchises so it is it is an interesting uh very very interesting i'm I'm just super interested in this in, in this whole league yeah and I, I think you know both you and i can agree that we we definitely hope that um supercell is successful with this mm-hmm. as you know having a having a mobile esports that's very successful will be great for for our entire industry yeah. And lastly, I wanted to talk about the numbers because we're talking about the success. Ah. So this has been done together with YouTube. And, you know, when we think about esports, we usually think about Twitch, right? Well, I think it's right that they went YouTube because Twitch is definitely more for core gaming and it's really good for live streaming, but not so great for the post event traffic. You know, like once it's done, it's done. People who watched it, they were usually the concurrent watchers or, or watched it during the stream. Versus YouTube, even though YouTube gaming is much smaller than, than Twitch, it's 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 uh, it's better for this streams that are after recording, and it's also better for mobile influencers that tend to be on 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 YouTube, and 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 I kind of went in and looked at the numbers, and the Clash Royale League North America season kickoff was just eleven hours ago, and and I looked at some stats and. Um, I wasn't too impressed because the it says that the game that the stream has three hundred thousand views ten hours after it has been finished. 
and you normally the peak is is doing the uh, the first day. So when you compare that to let's say two years ago, Clash Royale did a YouTuber tournament. That stream, you know, it's already two years old, but that stream has already reached 13 million views. The World Finals last year, eight months ago, reached 1.9 million views. So you, we see already a, a pretty big drop. And when we look at overall views of Clash Royale on monthly basis, it has actually dropped like a rock during the last months, especially due to the, the goddamn Fortnite and PUBG uh, right. epidemic. And it has <laughs> gone from, from you know the peak of 1.4 billion unique views on, on YouTube to 400 million. So we're talking about a billion less per month. Right. And, and now Clash Royale comes at this point with their league. And the question is, is, is this enough? Like, will this turn the ship around? Because now everybody is on Fortnite. Even the most streamed game on mobile in YouTube at this moment, I think it's Pokemon Go. So a lot of people have left, left Clash Royale. And I'm, I don't want this to be true, but I'm afraid that this could be a lot, but too late. Because the, the, the ship has sailed and the game is actually quite... You know, it's it's quite old at this point. And when we think about Fortnite, the the minute it got traction, Epic puts four hundred million, whatever they put in, for the esports and Supercell. It took them what three years for for the game to peak and and kind of you know stabilize and go into that maturity phase before introducing a league model. So I'm so I'm, I'm I'm really bummed that this comes now instead of coming in two years before when when the game was on top with one point four billion views a month. This could have been the biggest fucking esports thing ever and truly right. created mobile esports. Yeah, it kind of speaks to your original question about why are they doing this? And, and clearly when, when we see the, the, the drop in views and so forth, you got to think that they're probably motivated by, by this, like trying to turn around you know, um, user views and, and engagement and, and trying to increase user growth. So, so I, I think that was a good point you made. Yeah, so so all all the power to Supercell. I mean, I hope we hope naturally as, as a mobile mobile developers that that they that they make it. But it's just it's it's sad if they don't. And I don't think it's about execution. I don't think about it's about anything else. It's just about being too late to the party, waiting for too long. And and they had the perfect moment. They had the perfect year. So hopefully, hopefully the uh, the mainland tournament in China will 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 be great, supported by Tencent, but. Definitely the North American season kickoff wasn't that great. Yeah, and, uh, and tying this back to the previous article, hopefully Riot learns the lesson here, which is don't don't wait too long. <laughs> like when you're still doing well, that's, that's the time to strike. Yeah. So, so I, I told you, even with the two, we hit 30 minutes. Um, we can go to the third one. but Okay, well, yeah, this is a really quick one. So the yeah, third yeah, article... Good is um, uh, basically uh, titles with Battle Royale modes to earn 12% of 2018's games revenue. And so what this article is talking about is that there's a firm called Superdata that's claiming that Battle Royale titles mm -hmm. will essentially account for about 12% of total game spending in 2018, which is a 625% increase from 2017. And so, you know, the, the real... That's, that's basically it. And the real question here is when we think about Battle Royale, what do you think, Mishka? Does this trend continue? How much more Battle Royale are we going to see? 
And is it going to be like the same type of battle royale that we're seeing in terms of Fortnite and PUBG from an FPS perspective? Or do you think we'll start to see it in other types of genres as well? I think I think that's a, that's a good question. I think we will start to see in other type of genres as well. It's very, it's surprisingly difficult to take that model because the model itself is very simple. You know, the core gameplay is, is you land on an area, you choose where you want to land, and then you survive. And while you're surviving, you're scavenging and looting and hunting and then going to another safe area. And then again, scavenging, looting, hunting, going to another other looting area, uh, other safe area. Um, but then again, we've seen games that, that try to do Battle Royale and they yep. they miss the core elements. They try to do something different and, and, and it just messes up the whole gameplay. So in short... To give an answer to this, yes, I do believe that, that the battle royales will continue to to rise. I think it's very easy to get into these games as you were making the case for, for how hard it is to get into League of Legends. Well, you don't have any heroes here. So it's pick up and play or pick up and die in my case. Uh, and and um, I, I think this will continue, especially with the console games of, of um, Call of Duty and Battlefield both coming in with their modes. Um, I, I think I think a lot of other other developers are also thinking about how they could incorporate this mode because Epic was just epic in the way they turned around Fortnite into right. a battle royale game. Yeah, and so maybe I should be a little bit more specific by what I mean by battle royale mode. But like, so sort of what I mean is just this whole survivorship mm-hmm. notion, which is essentially like going from a hundred to the one. Or, you know, maybe in mobile, it doesn't have to be 100. Maybe it could be 30 to 1 or 20 to 1. And just just speaking, you know, from my own experience, I, I will have to say that I am seeing a lot of Battle Royale pitches for every game genre under the sun. In my view, like, like name a genre. Yep, I've, I've seen that pitch. Battle Royale, yep. So, like, I do – and it can't just be, you know, me here – you know, at NBC Universal, I think it's got to be um, across the industry. So I, I do think that uh, there's going to be a huge wave of different folks trying to to get that model right, the survivorship model right. And I I kind of feel like there will be another genre that that kind of figures it figures it out. And and what I'm what I feel like is that just that concept of you know you being the the one that survives from that hundred. And then having that be like a viral moment, like, you know, whether it's, you know, um, winner, winner, chicken dinner or Mm -hmm. something that you then post, you post on Facebook and Instagram and you're like, hey, I was the guy that survived. And that being like a natural viral marketing channel, I I, I think that 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 will work in in, in a different genre. So I feel like it's probably going to increase, but, you know, it's it's not going to it's not going to be like, you know, 90 nine percent of the market i I think it's gonna it's gonna naturally tail off at 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 some point uh because you know as fun as it is you know it's not going to be for everybody there's still going to be you know the the other types of gamers who who aren't interested in that who just want to play their linear narrative-based story or linear pve campaign and and not have this 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 type of uh pvp-based uh gameplay I agree. I agree. It's it, just like with anything, it's going to be, it's going to move from the continuum of like first loving it and everybody's playing it to like, yeah, we've kind of gone through this and there's going to be a lot of a different iterations and def, def, definitely a lot of different approaches to which I want to make a little, little, um, what do you call it? Oh, 
God damn it, commercial, not commercial. But I would just want to say that we have a post coming in on Battlelands Royale, a mobile game, a mobile uh, a mobile Battle Royale game coming out on Deconstructor Fun, and we're kind of analyzing why that game didn't really you know, become a huge major hit and what kind of differences there were. So stay tuned on the page as well. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Yeah, everyone, make sure you, you read that read that post. Um, cool. So just a question then to you. So 2018 Battle Royale, 12% total game spend. What do you think it, it goes up to ooh, in total ooh, in the next ooh, that's, that's three, a great three, four, five years? Um, hmm. Total games. Or are we talking about in-app purchase or microtransactions? Uh, so I, I would say anything, right? So even, even you know, including like even if you were to include, uh, you know, ad, ad spending as well. Got it. Do, what, what I meant meant is like when new Call of Duty comes in and it has this battle royale mode, that does count in. Sure. Okay, so then, yeah. then I would I would assume like twenty twenty five percent. Of all spending next year okay just gonna go crazy yeah i i'm gonna actually go even a little bit more wow. optimistic <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's gonna get to 35 percent that, uh, that's gonna be brutal for coming all of us that's uh, jk you don't work at epic so i don't know why you're boasting this so much <laughs> yeah well i mean i think because for me I, I feel like there's gonna be other genres that do battle royale mm-hmm. modes and then those will count for for um for some of that other spending but you know just based upon all the all the pitches and and things like that that i'm seeing i i think some more will break through i hope so i hope so we do we do need some competition uh, because these big ones are just eating up the pie (laughs) (laughs) so yeah okay sounds that was it you were you were kind of worried about about us having only two topics but man I don't know if I had like a coffee too late or something, but I just felt like I could talk and talk. <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely keeping under probably forty now, yes. but uh, not really. Definitely with an intro, we won't. Initial- <laughs> so till next time, folks, and thank you for listening. As always, feedback, comments, uh, and you know, I have a I have a white belt in esports. So if I was wrong on something, please you know leave a comment and 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 post on Twitter, or if I was right on a lot of things, you can promote me to a blue belt. So that's it. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Bye, everybody. Next time. Bye.